0: What is up everyone? Welcome to another episode of the No Man's Land. I'm Angela Ramirez. Today we are going to do our second segment of what's happening in America, the breaking news of today. As I told you guys yesterday, I cannot do an article for every single thing that happens in regards to this culture war that is going on here in America. As a result, I have started a daily podcast slash YouTube channel to allow me to cover things that are happening in the culture war that don't merit investigative work. As you guys know, I'm an investigative journalist. One of the things that I really like to do is look into who is moving these these extremist movements throughout the the country. Unfortunately, in order to well-document That aspect of what's going on, I simply cannot cover everything that's happening on a day-to-day basis in a 24-hour news cycle, which leads me to doing this daily show here. If you guys are interested in the investigative work that I do, please go check out thenomanzone.com or you can find me on Twitter at Um I am based in Colorado, which is why that CO is there, so you're getting somebody from the Midwest. Um... Basically, I'm going to discuss today a few different things that are happening here in the U.S. One of the instances I'm going to talk about is the interruption of free market enterprise by companies like Amazon, who kind of hold a monopoly on the free market at this point in time. Another thing I'm going to discuss is the Colorado presidential election voting conflict. Right now, there's a huge conflict going on. I don't know that they would call it a conflict, but it certainly appears to be, um, between the Secretary of State and the GOP Chairman Representative Ken Buck, who's a Colorado State Representative. Right now, they are kind of going at bat with one another. Uh, Ken Buck is actually requesting a federal investigation into the Secretary of State's voting practices. So we're going to be discussing that and we are also going to be discussing the Proud Boys who have started coming out to pretty much represent what they really stand for. They're trying to set the record straight after being called white supremacists. Um, And I will be actually speaking to a Proud Boy here on the channel very shortly. One of the things that I want to do is clear up the air and figure out what exactly this group about and hear some of their own words to help set the record straight. So that said, let's dive into the news today. Um, Amazon blocks the sale of merchandise with stand back and stand by on the articles. This is a piece of news from CBS News. Um, this is actually not the first time that we have heard something about these major marketplaces online marketplaces restricting what is allowed on their platform just yesterday as a matter of fact i was on the conservative chicano youtube show love those guys you should check them out conservative chicanos on youtube but i was on their show yesterday and they were actually sharing their frustration that they were trying to create a free kyle in reference to kyle rittenhouse t-shirt uh so they had created this t-shirt, they had it ready to ship out and they just needed to put it on a website where they would be able to co- where they'd be able to basically market it and use the site as a point of sale. Well, according to them, they said that they tried Etsy and they tried eBay with no avail. They actually sold a few shirts and then were immediately kicked off the platform. They were not allowed to monetize their shirts there because I'm assuming hate speech and um uh, I guess, accelerated conflict is what the platform is worried about. Now, it should be noted that Black Lives Matter merchandise doesn't appear to be an issue and other merchandise in reference to other, what we believe to be Marxist and communist groups don't seem to be an issue on these platforms. However, a free Kyle shirt does. Now, let's read the article here. This is actually obviously not in reference to Kyle himself. Kyle himself, this is actually in reference to what President Trump said in regards to the Proud Boys. He said, stand back and stand by. Um, Now, let's take a look at what this article says here. It says, Amazon and other online retailers are pulling merchandise from their sites, emblazoned with the words, stand back and stand by, and displaying the insignia of the Proud Boys, a far-right extremist group. Shirts bearing the crowd's Shirts bearing the words cropped up for sale after President Trump uttered the phrase on Tuesday night, referencing to the white supremacist group during his debate with the Democratic presidential candidate, Joe Biden. Individuals associated with the Proud Boys online took Mr. Trump's directive as words of encouragement, and products displaying the phrase quickly made their way onto sites including Amazon and Teespring, an online platform that lets users create and sell their own merchandise. All right. So here we have a tweet, if you guys can see. Um, If you're watching, thanks for watching. If you're listening, I'll explain to you what's going on here. We have a Twitter quote of uh, a gentleman named Constantine Toropin. Sorry if I butchered that. But I think his name is Constantine Toropin. And he says that the Proud Boy merchandise is now available on Amazon. And it doesn't sound like he's too happy about that. However, um, the t-shirts were immediately pretty much blocked from Amazon, and it says that Amazon's quote from a spokesperson was that, and I quote, all sellers must follow our selling guidelines, and those who do not will be subject to action, including potential removal of their account. The products in question have been removed, the spokesperson said by email. All right, so let's, let's consider this here. Let's take a look at a few things that this article is um, basically alleging without any proof. Here we see that, once again, the mainstream media is referring to the Proud Boys as a right-wing extremist group and also white supremacists. There's actually no proof that this is the case. We have no proof that this is a white supremacist organization. While they do call themselves Western chauvinists, that's very different from being a white supremacist. Um, You know, I think that it is... Very questionable for these news organizations to be labeling people white supremacists without any actual proof that they are participating in white supremacist activities or that they hold racial racial superiority beliefs in general. Now, for those of you guys who aren't aware, we actually have an individual who is the leader of the Salt Lake City branch of the Proud Boys, and he came out and actually denounced white supremacists. And made himself made it very clear that the Proud Boys are not a white supremacist organization. Um, I don't really know where the media is getting this information that they are a white supremacist organization, other than the fact that they are a typically right leaning group. And even then, there are many people who are or who consider themselves to be liberal as a part of this organization. Now, if you were to speak to anybody in this organization, they would not describe that group as a white supremacist group or describe their goals as uh, to, to achieve any sort of racial superiority. So it's a little bit of a liberal issue. And by, by liberal, I mean kind of like slander, for these news stations to be publishing to millions of people across the country that this is a white supremacist hate group. Uh, without any information of the sort. Now, are there individuals who have probably made their way into the group that do hold white supremacist beliefs? Probably so. Um, and, you know, it is worth noting that the individual from the Salt Lake City branch said specifically that they have a vetting process to make sure that they don't have to deal with people like that. Now, are there undercover racists? Of course, there's undercover racists. Um, it would be naive to say otherwise. But that said, it's very important to look at the intention and actions of this group and determine whether or not they're acting in a fashion that suggests they hold white supremacist extremist beliefs. At the moment, there's currently no evidence for that. Now, are there other things that we could point out that we don't like about the Proud Boys? I'm sure there's many people who could point out various things about this group that they feel are derogatory towards specific groups, Um, maybe perhaps things like border issues, things like immigration, right? I think that there are many people who would probably point to certain aspects um, and ideologies that the group holds and find them offensive. However, at the end of the day, this is not a right-wing extremist white supremacist group, period. And it's quite frustrating to see so many news stations Pick up that story and run it without having any evidence. If you're going to call a group a white supremacist organization, it would do very well to provide proof of those claims. However, I have not seen a single news organization suggest that other than looking at the words of the founder, I believe his name is Gavin McGuinness. And there were some instances in which he had made statements that people had claimed were white supremacists. However, we don't really have any proof that this group is going out and actually attacking people or actually um, you know, terrorizing individuals of an opposite race. And for that matter, we actually saw that the Salt Lake City individual, the Salt Lake City chairman is actually in fact not white. He was actually very dark, um, dark in skin complexion. And it's, it's just very disingenuous for the news stations to be pushing this narrative that the Proud Boys are white supremacists. And on top of that, the fact of the matter is, this is America and we do pride ourselves on having a free market, or at least we once did. Whether or not we have a free market anymore is quite up for debate. In my opinion, we do not. We have a very hindered market. Um, part of that is due to the fact that we have no manufacturing capability here in the States. And another part of that is the fact that very large monopolistic corporations like Amazon have literally gained a chokehold on the market in which they have an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of market clout that allows them to dominate online market enterprises, whereas smaller individual websites really don't have the means as of now to gain the traction necessary to promote their products to the masses. Now, at the end of the day, that is... Part of living in a capitalistic um, country is the fact that it is may the best man win, in a sense, and Jeff Bezos, he certainly did put a lot of time and effort into building Amazon into what it is today. That said, we do have to have checks and balances within our market to prevent monopolistic corporations from taking control of the market and pushing out smaller players who are trying to get their foot in the door. This is something that we saw in the industrial age with steel and railroads, and we are going through it again in a technological aspect. It's very interesting, and it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not Amazon is litigated against. Because of the fact they're such a large company, I would highly doubt that they are. Um, However, we never know. You never know. Now, going to the next story, um, let's talk about... Colorado voting, because with the election coming up in just a few weeks, it's very important that we cover what is going on in regards to voter fraud or alleged voter fraud. Um, Here in Colorado, there has been a little bit of a battle of the wills between the Secretary of State and our GOP representatives. Um, So here in Colorado, our Secretary of State, her name is Jenna Griswold. Um, She has been very adamant about the safety and security of mail-in voting for the state, that the state is just fine using universal voting. Um, personally, I don't feel very comfortable with her reassurances considering various stories that have come out both uh, currently and in years past. On top of that, we have seen a tremendous amount of suggestion of voter fraud and vote manipulation by mail-in ballots throughout the nation just last week. Project Veritas released information that suggested that Ilhan Omar's district out in Minneapolis, Minnesota, has been caught red-handed. This is obviously allegations, and there are videos to, to back these allegations. However, that because it hasn't been taken to court yet, we, we, assume, we assume innocence until proven guilty. Ilhan Omar's district has been alleged to be ballot harvesting and actually exchanging cash for ballots um, there's actually a video that came out by Project Veritas in which they had an undercover camera on an individual who actually showed all the different mail-in ballots that he had in his vehicle on top of that he got on camera a exchange of cash for a ballot um, basically what happened was an individual was saying you know, here's your ballot, go ahead and fill it out. This is who you're voting for. Here's some pocket money. You can go ahead and buy yourself lunch um, with some pocket money and we'll come pick up the ballot once you have it filled out. Now, I'm not a legal expert, so I couldn't tell you whether that's a legal loophole. However, when we're considering one of the most polarized and um, controversial elections in in US history, at least within my lifetime, Uh, It's very important to take a look at legal loopholes and address them. Uh, I believe that Tulsi Gabbard came out and did address the fact that the Republican Party really needs to, not just the Republican Party, both parties, it's a bipartisan issue. She said that both parties need to address ballot harvesting and condemn it and pass a bill to make it truly illegal to close that legal loophole. Um, So all of that brings me to what's happening here in Colorado, which is the fact that Colorado does offer universal mail-in voting mail-in voting. In fact, it is my understanding, and I could be wrong on this. Please double check me if you're listening. It is my understanding that Colorado actually sends out ballots in the mail for every registered voter to allow them the option to vote by mail, regardless of whether or not they, uh, have opted in specifically for mail-in voting. Now, there's a lot of issues that I have personally with this aside from all of the media and the news that comes out about potential issues with mail-in voting. Let's just use common sense here and consider what happens when you have the state Deciding that they're going to send out ballots to every single resident who is eligible to vote and registered, right? So you're assuming that the state, first of all, is going to mail out a ballot to everybody who truly is registered. You're assuming that the state is not going to send out a ballot to people who are not registered or ineligible. Um, That means that people who moved and forgot to change their address perhaps could get a ballot. People who have passed away and their family members haven't had a chance yet in their grieving process to take off the individual's name from the Colorado voter registration list. Um, We are assuming that these individuals have not gotten a felony and have not made their way into the voter registration system. We are assuming that individuals have not moved out of state and that they are no longer eligible to vote in Colorado. Perhaps somebody just moved out of state last month and they did not remove their name from the voter registration list by means of changing their address, right? So there's a lot of, in my opinion, issues just in the fact that the vote, these ballots are being mailed out to people, right? Just in that. Now, we're also assuming that nothing's getting lost in the mail on the way to the individual. Perhaps, let's say there is somebody who is registered and wants to vote by mail. However, they get their ballot late because it got lost or it got delayed. Just remember, the Democrat Party was making a very large issue about the unreliability of the USPS system as a result of underfunding and they were concerned that we were going to lose USPS. They were making a whole campaign about um, fund USPS, defund the police, right? That was actually something that was pushed by Patrice Kohlers, who is a Black Lives Matter co-founder. She still actually has that on her profile. Uh one of the things now that is coming out is here in Colorado and Denver, there was a story that was released that said that many individuals had received voter reminder registration cards for deceased and non-residents. So basically what that means is Colorado sends out a little postcard to people who have not registered to vote yet to remind them, hey, go ahead and register because the election's coming up. Well, it turns out that the, I think it was the Denver Post, they ran the article saying basically that certain individuals had received these rem- these reminder postcards and that there was concerns because obviously, um, are these people being reminded to vote because um, they're going to get a ballot in the mail? What's going on here? There's just some confusion basically about whether or not the the list of names that these postcards were that the postcards addressed were mailed to whether or not this was also representative of the individuals who were going to get a ballot in the mail now that story has since been retracted and actually completely deleted by that news organization um secretary well not secretary but secretary of state Griswold did say that basically it came from a different organization, it came from a different database, that they, those postcards had not come from her office. However, at the end of the day, she is responsible, in my opinion, for making sure that this voting process is safe and secure. She's come out many, many times. Uh, both on Twitter, she was just on CNN, stating that there is absolutely no issue with our mail-in voting system here in Colorado, and that we are actually, in fact, the gold standard for the nation when it comes to mail-in voting. Um, one of the reasons I find that so deeply concerning is because if you are not looking for risks, you're not going to be diligent about preventing risks, right? If you don't believe that there is a risk, then are you going to take the time to protect yourself from any risk? For example, let's use a parable here. Um, if I decide I'm going to go backpacking in the Rocky mountains and I feel that there's no way I'm going to get lost because certainly I'm a fantastic hiker and I feel very comfortable on the trail. If I go out and I go backpacking and I say, well, you know, I'm pretty confident in my ability to get to my campsite without a map because I I just, I'm not going to get lost. If I feel that I'm not going to get lost and there's no risk at all of me losing my way, maybe I don't bring a map. Maybe I don't um, bring a compass. Maybe I don't take the time to learn the area that I'm going to be hiking through. And as a result, I find myself on a different trail than I intended to be. And maybe perhaps I can't even get back to my car because I can't remember which fork in the trail I took, right? So that's a very basic example of why it's important to understand that there are risks with mail-in voting. And for us to say, okay, if there is a risk with mail-in voting, then maybe we need to take the step, take the time to figure out what we can do to prevent certain flaws in the system. Right. So I find it deeply concerning that Jenna Griswold's office, the secretary of state has, that she herself has come out and said that, you know, mail-in voting is very safe and secure. It's nothing to worry about. Um, you know, it would be, in my opinion, more comforting. And I, I don't like to comment things from comfort, from a comfort perspective. I prefer, I prefer to be practical about things. But I think it would be wise to say, you know, there are definitely issues with voter fraud when it comes to mail-in voting. There are definitely issues with ballots getting lost in the mail. Um, there are definitely issues with um you know, perhaps I hate to say it, but when you when it comes down to it, perhaps the the mail carrier is a very anti-Trump individual or a very anti-Biden individual, and they see that you have cast your ballot, and perhaps they see that, you know, it I, I'm not sure what the envelopes look like, right? But perhaps they just open the envelope just to see. Perhaps they want to know if You voted for Trump or Biden and maybe they don't like your vote and they throw it away. Now we don't know that, and I don't want to assume that our mail carriers would ever do such a thing, but we have seen ballots show up throughout the country um in ditches. We just I think there was a story, I'm not sure what state it was, but um and a big bunch of ballots were found in, I believe it was a ditch hundreds of ballots. We see the Ilhan Omar scandal, and and I don't want to implicate her specifically, but it did, the videos that were provided by Project Veritas did say that Ilhan Omar was involved in some way. Okay, so knowing that people are not always truthful, that there are people out there who are willing to bend the rules for their own personal or political gain, Is it not safe to say that there is at least some risk with universal mail-in voting? I would say so. And in the past, we have seen, in past elections, we have seen issues in Colorado with mail-in voting. Now, bringing that to today, like I said, the publication in Denver has since retracted and removed entirely the story that they passed. However, Fox 21 News Today reports that in El Paso County, which is basically Southern Colorado, that a woman received a postcard for her deceased husband, and it was a postcard to have him register to vote. Now this man is deceased. Let's read the article. El Paso County, Colorado. An El Paso County woman is speaking out after receiving a postcard addressed to her late husband, reminding him to register to vote. The woman received it in the mail from the Democrat Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold's office. The viewer, who wants to remain anonymous, says her husband passed away in 2013. His death was confirmed by Fox 21 with the medical examiner's office. It could have been an honest mistake, and this is her speaking the woman. It could have been an honest mistake, or it could have been an attempt to try to get someone to register to vote who was not, in fact, qualified to do so. In this case, not qualified due to being previously deceased, said the woman. Now, what did the postcard say? Let's read. Quote, Our records indicate that you or a member of your household may be eligible to vote, but do not appear to be registered at your current address. And the woman says, I thought I'm probably not the only person in the state of Colorado who had been widowed and is getting a communication like this addressed to their deceased former spouse. It really just raised my suspicions more than anything, said the woman. Now, it's important to state that the woman just wants the secretary of state's office to think that it isn't the best thing to be sending out postcards to family members of deceased loved ones. The postcard did list the following eligibility requirements, that you have to be 18 years old by election day, that you have to be a U.S. citizen, and that you have to be a Colorado resident for at least 22 days before the next election. Um, Now, apparently Fox 21 News did reach out to the secretary of state's office who said that the mistake was not made by their office, but was made by the Electronic Registration Information Center, a.k.a. ERIC, for short. The postcard mailing list, Fox 21 says, is provided by ERIC, an organization which uses records from the DMV to help identify potentially eligible individuals. Um, Now... The postcard, which is very interesting, this is this is the most interesting part, because I feel like following the money is really the best way to figure out what the hell is going on in the world. If you just follow the money, things become very clear. Who's paying who? Who's paying for what? Let's take a look at where the money is coming from and who's funding certain agenda items, right? Now, I don't want to call this an agenda, but at the end of the day, Fox 21 News reports that the postcard was printed and processed. Well, let's say the the postcard printing and processing was four cents per card and that they were sent by nonprofit rate mail that cost about .088 cents per card. So less than eight cents per card or yeah, .088 cents per card. Um, It was funded. This is the most interesting part. Fox 21 says it was funded with the secretary of state's general funds, which come from filing fees, according to the secretary of state's office. Now, the Secretary of State's office did release a statement about this. Let's see what the office says. The election information postcard was first sent under Republican Secretary of State Scott Gesser and continued throughout the tenure of Republican Secretary of State Wayne Williams. The postcard clearly states in bold that to be an eligible voter, a person must be a citizen 18 years old by the election and residing in Colorado for 22 days before the election. As in past years, the postcard mailing list was provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center, a national bipartisan election organization, which uses records from the DMV to help identify potentially eligible individuals. This list is compared with other information, such as the Social Security Death Index, to remove people from the mailing list. The mailing list is not the same as Colorado's voter rolls, as by definition, it targets unregistered people. All right. So that was a statement from the Colorado Department of State spokesperson Betsy Hart. So basically what they're saying here is that this postcard requesting the individual to register to vote is not the same as the list as existing registered voters. Well, obviously, because they are asking the individual to register to vote. Now, they also say that they kind of pre- prevent voter fraud, I guess, is what they're kind of trying to imply here, by saying that they insist that you have to be 18 years old by the election, you have to be a U.S. citizen, and you have to reside in Colorado for 22 days prior to the election. But that said, if somebody is let's say of malicious intent and they just want to rig the election or they want to cast an extra vote for the candidate that they like, you know, let's say somebody's very politically um, active and is considers, considers themselves a political advocate. Let's say they want to go ahead and just, you know, maybe I'll just cast an extra vote and hey, you know, I have this, I have this extra registration card. Why don't I just kind of operate under a pseudonym, right? Why don't I just operate under a fake name and not just cast one extra vote? How many times has this happened in the state of Colorado where an individual has received a postcard asking them to register to vote? I can't tell you and I don't know, but it is kind of alarming that these um, reminders are being sent out in the mail without any real way to check whether or not the person filling out the form is in fact the person that is listed on that registration card. So let's say, for example, um, I get a registration postcard in the mail for for Joe Josephine Blow, right? Josephine Blow, would you please register to vote? Um, here's the requirements, and let's say that I really, really like Joe Biden. And I really honestly feel that Trump is going to be the end of this country. Let's because, you know, there are people out there who do feel that way about President Trump. Uh, Let's say that me, Josephine Blow, uh, I am very concerned about the direction of this country. And at the end of the day, maybe Josephine Blow feels that the ends justify the means. And so she says, you know, it's okay in this instance to be a little dishonest. I'm just going to cast one extra vote by mail. And nobody's really going to know because I'm going to sign this, right? I'm going to sign it and send it back in by mail. Are they checking IDs of the individual who is filling out this registration? I'm not sure because you don't even need an ID, do you, to vote? Do you need an ID to vote in Colorado? I'm not clear on that. But it is my understanding that you can kind of just vote especially if you're voting by mail do you need an id a photocopy of a, a voting my a vote by mail id card because my understanding is it's just to compare the signature and make sure the signature is matched between the registration and the ballot so there's really no way of actually confirming that the individual who sends in this registration card is indeed the individual listed on the card There is a giant risk for individuals who would like to push a political agenda, especially right now. Okay, maybe in the past, this hasn't been as big of an issue. However, we know that right now in this country, we have seen more polarization and more civil unrest than we have in my personal lifetime. I've never in my life seen this country so divided, so politically charged, and Seen so much obvious civil unrest on the streets as we do today. That said, it is very fair to assume and to take the understanding, take take the perspective that there is a new risk of voter fraud here in this country. There's a lot of people who really don't like President Trump, and there's people, a lot of people who really don't like um the candidate of the candidacy of Joe Biden. It is a bipartisan issue to ensure. That the people who are voting are qualified to vote to ensure that the people who are sending in that mail in ballot is indeed the individual listed on that mail in ballot. It is really, really concerning to me to see that Colorado is not taking this issue seriously. Okay, so that leads me to um, Representative Ken Buck. Uh, actually, he's not a representative, he's a congressman, forgive me. Um, so, oh, he's a representative, my bad. He sworn he was a congressman. Um, anyway, so Rep. Ken Buck, he accuses Colorado Secretary of State of sending voter registration cards to non-citizens and dead people. He is now calling for a federal probe. Um, now, Secretary Griswold has said that this myth has been debunked. However, we just read an article about one woman who has received a registration card for her deceased husband. Um, therefore, I would I would say myself, that Ken Buck seems to have a point here. Uh, Representative Ken Buck, I agree with you. I think that we should ensure that this election is secure and we should ensure that the legal process in Colorado is adequate to support mail-in voting. If people want to mail in their vote Fine. It's, in my opinion, not the right way to go about ensuring a secure election. However, if Colorado is going to insist that we allow universal mail-in voting, we better make damn sure that this process works. Okay, so I do stand with Ken Buck when he says that we need a federal probe into whether or not this is an integral way to register voters. So let's read what Fox News says. Here we go. All right. So Representative Ken Book, a Republican in Colorado, has sent a letter to the Department of Justice, the DOJ, and the Federal Election Commission, also known as the FEC, on Wednesday. He's asked them to look into the Colorado Secretary of State's efforts to send out voter registration cards to non-citizens and dead people ahead of the November election between Joe Biden and President Trump. Um, It says here that... Buck cited reports from both CBS and Breitbart about the cards being mailed out and has said that actions by Secretary of State Janet Griswold cast a cloud over the final election results. He says, and I quote, I want to share my, I write to share my concerns about recent reports that the Colorado Secretary of State's office mailed voter registration cards, postcards, to non-citizens and deceased individuals during a recent voter registration drive, he began the Secretary of State's actions call into question the integrity of Colorado's vote count with only 34 days until the 2020 election. As such, I urge the Department of Justice and the Federal Election Commission to investigate the potential violations of federal election law committed by the Secretary of State's office. End quote. Now, actually, you know, I'm going to continue on for just a second because I do feel this is quite concerning. I continue to quote, last week, CBS4 Denver reported that at least one dozen individuals who are ineligible to vote received a voter registration postcard from the Colorado Secretary of State's office, but continued, these individuals include a deceased woman, a British citizen, a man from Lebanon, and six migrant workers in Otero County, Colorado. He also accused Griswold of having knowingly used a third-party organization the Electronic Registration Information Center to identify unregistered voters with full knowledge that the organization's mailing list might have included un- ineligible individuals. I think this is making a very valid point. I think Representative Ken Buck has a very strong point here. And the reason I say that is because we all know that in order to get a driver's license or an ID card, you actually don't need to be a US citizen, do you? Isn't it possible for you to be, um, let's say, a college student here to study, or let's say, you know, a migrant worker, um, you know, it's the DMV is used for a number of different things. The DMV does not qualify as a secure way to determine who is an eligible Colorado voter. Ken Buck, thank you for reaching out to the DOJ. Thank you for reaching out to the Federal Election Commission and requesting an investigation into this because you know what, you are right. We need to know that one, the Secretary of State's office is responsible for ensuring that the voter registration postcards that are sent out are sent out to qualified individuals, to eligible individuals. When you use a third party agency, you kind of remove the blame from your shoulders. Well, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. It was actually coming from a third-party agency. We actually are not the ones who sent out and utilized that list. It's really not our fault. No, no blame on us. Well, when you're talking about a federal election, we need to make sure that there is somebody to point the blame to and that the people who are responsible for securing the election are not finding ways around uh, responsibility. Okay. And I personally feel this way about a Republican. I would feel this way about a Republican state. I would feel this way about a Democrat state. I personally have been a lifelong Democrat, and I find it very appalling that Democrat officials are taking so such a lax approach to election security today. This is a nationwide issue we're seeing in D states where voter registration fraud is, is becoming an issue, okay? We, we are seeing, obviously, ballot harvesting in, in Minneapolis, and I, I would tell you today that if the same thing was going on in Texas, And Texas was refusing to take their election registration seriously. If they were refusing to take the the mail-in ballot issue seriously, I would I would also have an equally big problem with that. I I feel that the election needs to be secure. I feel that we need to make sure that the people who are in this country trust our election. Otherwise, what is the difference between us and Russia? Okay, what is the difference if we use legal loopholes to promote our party and, and Russia who just kind of holds a false election. Okay. What is the difference? There really is no difference. One, it, it, the only difference is that it looks a little bit better on TV instead of us saying, well, you know, we're not going to allow this election to go through as the people wish. We're going to say, well, you know, it looked like a fair election. We really can't point any fingers at who did anything wrong. So let's just accept the results. I want to have faith in this election system, and I think that America is one of the few countries where we take so much pride in having a democratic, we have so much pride in being a democratic republic, and I'm so tired of people using legal loopholes to push their own political agenda or push their own monopolistic agenda. It is time that the people of the United States really take the time to get educated on what legal loopholes are, how they're being leveraged by both our our local politicians by both um you know political groups who are are just made up of citizens it's time that we really get educated on what's going on in our elections and figure out where we can improve and if that means holding our state's representatives and secretary of state office accountable for the 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 legal the the legal malpractice that we you know that we're seeing for example ballot harvesting Um, then, you know, it's time that we start making a little bit of noise and I'm not, I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for being, um, for, for spreading this information. I'm just saying it's time that we start asking the right questions and that when we see something that is an injustice, that we say, Hey, you know what? This is an injustice. This is wrong. We don't agree with the way that this is operating. We need to fix it. Right. So thank you, representative Ken Buck. I really do appreciate it. Um, let's, let's close this out with just one more quote from Mr. Buck here. He says the American people deserve to know that the 2020 election will be conducted in a fair and transparent manner. As such, I urge the DOJ and the FEC to open an investigation into the Colorado of state secretaries, the, of the Colorado secretary of state's efforts to register individuals who are ineligible to vote. Thank you in advance for your consideration of this urgent request. Um, now let's take a look at what Jenna Griswold has said, because she has adamantly come out and said that, you know, it's really not our fault. We promise that this is fine. I even, I even saw, um, Democratic officials in Denver area, in the Denver area, which is like a hotspot of, uh, Democrat politicians, because our governor is Democrat and the mayor of Denver is Democrat. And many, um, of the people who are involved in, well, for example, the school board official, of Denver Public Schools is very openly far left. He takes part in the PSL, Party of Socialism and Liberation Events, which is a socialist organization, um, and actually goes to the homeless sweeps to protest and prevent police from removing the homeless camps that are throughout downtown Denver. So that said, um, let's take a look at what Secretary Griswold has, well, anyway, my point with that was I have actually seen a tweet train going around, in which people are saying um, the Colorado voting system is safe and secure, pass it on. And all of the Democrat officials in the area are retweeting that. Um, It's kind of like a little Twitter campaign to raise awareness of the security of the Colorado election, but they're not actually stating in what way this election is secure. And it would seem when there's a federal investigation being called for, and there's news agencies and individuals who are reporting, basically, that uh, they're receiving registration cards for people who are ineligible to vote, um, I would not say that that is secure. How many people have received that postcard and threw away? How many people have received that postcard and um, kind of just held on to it? What's going on here? I think it's worth noting that we can't trust the DMV registration uh, list as a way to figure out if somebody is going to need a registration postcard. So, that's it. let's see what Jenna Griswold says. Uh, she says, basically, that it's been debunked. So, Tim Wyland, who, I'm not really sure who Tim Wyland is, let's take a look here. Tim Wyland appears to be... Let's see. I think he is a CBS4 newsman, I believe is who he is. Uh, yeah, CBS news director. Um, he says, I'm removing a story from CBS Denver website, which suggests, which suggested that a mailer asking people in Colorado to vote, to register to vote, was connected to the state's voter rolls. A tweet with a link to the story has been removed. Um, he proceeds to say, let's see if I can find it. I'm not sure I can find it, but that said basically the original story was, like I said, posted on CBS 4 Denver's page and it's been retracted, but it hasn't just been retracted. It's been completely deleted from the website. I find it strange that they wouldn't just adjust what was on the site or put like a retraction on that article or, or adjust the article. Anyway, oh here we go. Here's a thread from Tim Weiland. Tim Weiland says the state election officials interviewed for our story repeatedly referred to the voter rolls in reference to the mailing list during the interview. The Secretary of State's office informs us there is no connection. The Colorado Secretary Secretary of State has agreed to do an interview with us this afternoon to clarify that the information and the story will appear on CBS Four and uh, CBS Four at 10 p.m. and on our website. Thanks to those of you who reached out to me directly for on Twitter with concerns. That are- I'm taking a couple of days vacation and didn't see your notes. I can always be reached by email. Um, anyway, okay, so let's see what Zach Griswold says. Um, she okay, so basically the issue was that it actually got traction and they were upset because people were actually retweeting the story because Donald Trump Jr. retweeted it. He said, sure, the Democrat the Dems aren't trying to cheat. Colorado Secretary of State mails postcards to non-citizens, dead people, urging them to vote. I don't know that that's untrue necessarily. It is a registration solicitation. Um, That sounds pretty true to me. I I mean, I understand that the voter, that the mailing list role didn't come from the Secretary of State's actually registered voter list, but it is asking people who are in, but they are asking people who are ineligible to vote in the state of Colorado to register and trusting based on the honor system that these individuals are indeed not going to submit the information or uh utilize some sort of you know like like leverage that system to to cast a vote so um i guess the issue is not according to griswold that the postcards were mailed out to people who should not be eligible to vote Um, The issue is that it came from a third party mailing list, not her office, which, in my opinion, is a pretty weak defense. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the investigation turns up. Uh, Let's see. Anyway, let's give Representative Secretary of State Griswold her due diligence. Let's give her the chance to speak. Um, Let's see if I can find a quote here from her. I don't think that I can. Let's find something on Twitter. I'm sure she has posted something on Twitter. Um, You know, it's just... It's frustrating that we are having this issue so close to the election. Why is this just coming up now? You would think that, you know, you have four years to prepare for an election. You think you would get your stuff together. And make sure that if you're going to do universal mail-in voting that it is not an issue that you have these things figured out um let's see what she says she has put up a thread i'm going to read this too because it's it, it is important um so yeah here we go this is that this is what i was talking about okay this is that weird um retweeting thread thing that's going on with Democrat officials here in Colorado, it says, thanks to General Griswold and the county clerks of Colorado, our voting system is safe, secure, and verifiable. Pass it on. Um, You know, when I see people who are actively representing the Party of Socialism and Liberation, who are actively involved in the protests conducted by the Party of Socialism and Liberation, who... Which by the way, Party of Socialism and Liberation is the group in Colorado that organized a protest, a so-called protest, in which Aurora PD was chained into their police department and held in that police department for seven hours while protesters slash rioters were outside with gas cans. Okay. So Taya Anderson actually, this individual right here, has actually he's the Denver School Board Director. He has a rose in his little bio the rose is symbolism, is symbolism for socialism. It's, uh, utilized by the DSA as a logo. DSA is the Democratic Socialist Association. Um, Tay Anderson is regularly at these protests. Um, he is regularly pushing the Black Lives Matter agenda, both in the Denver schools and on the streets. Um, I deeply, I find it deeply, uh, concerning that these individuals are stating that the voting system is safe, secure, and verifiable when they're actually involved in like subversion, right? So that is deeply concerning to me. So So here's what Jenna Griswold um, retweeted. She retweeted something from Alex Burs. I don't know who Alex is, but um, I guess he is a guy from the Denver Post. Anyway, so he says, if you're new to this, a few things to know. The list of people who got the postcard is not the same as the voter roll. Yeah, we know you're asking them to register. Number two, the card does not enable voter fraud. It's a mailer reminder to, it's a mailer reminder. Mailing, it's a mailer reminding folks to register if they're eligible. The card does not enable voter fraud. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because are we asking for IDs when they're registering? Is that clear? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I think that it would be wise to require some sort of photocopy of an ID or something. Some way to ensure that the person filling out this mail-in ballot is indeed the person that is supposed to be filling out the mail-in ballot. Now, that's just me. Obviously, I am just, you know, I'm not a legal expert, I'm not a voter fraud expert, but I do think that it is worth wondering whether or not this election is subject to compromise. Worth wondering. I think I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing this get cleared up, whether it means that everything is cleared and there is no sign of voter fraud, or um, we discovered that there is risk of voter fraud and that we need to make changes in the Colorado elections. So that said, thank you guys for watching. I think that's it for today. Uh, If you guys enjoyed this content, please subscribe to the channel. If you really enjoyed it, please share it with some friends. Um, You guys can find me on Twitter at COAngeloRamirez and all of my investigative work goes to thenomanzone.com. Thanks guys. Have a good day.